It's official, bath time is fun again. And this spring, it's better than ever with Dabble and Dollop. Dabble and Dollop pairs all natural, plant-derived ingredients with kid-friendly flavors and colorful products to make bath time better than ever. And now, our award-winning shampoos, conditioners, bath droplets, and gels are ready for spring. Now through the end of April, you can check out our Easter egg droplets. These tangerine and honeydew melon-scented bath bombs provide a fun and delicious treat for bath time. Our bunny bubble bundle of lemon, honeydew, and coconut shampoos, complete with buddy ear bottle toppers. And ready-made spring bundles, our specialty gift sets of products that add the perfect flair to your basket. For all seasons, Dabble and Dollop has everything from bath time shampoos, bubble baths, body washes, conditioner, lotions, and bath bombs, to bath toys and accessories, to sets that let you try out your favorite products. Visit dabblebath.com spring24 today to get 20% off your first order with us. That's D-A-B-B-L-E-B-A-T-H dot com slash spring 24 and get 20% off your next order. For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high quality meats. And now we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, AKA the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews. Available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews. Available at a pet store near you. Hello and welcome to Too Stupid to Live, a podcast that reviews romance novels $5 and under. I'm your host, Becky Feldman, and I am so excited about today's episode. We are reviewing a book that I am still thinking about, and oddly enough, both characters in this romance novel are human. Um, Unlike every other romance novel that I think about all the time, there are no humanoid monsters with crazy anatomy that I dream about marrying every night. Um, today, we are reviewing the contemporary romance A Girl Like Her by Talia Hibbert. It is $3.99, and it is book one in the Ravenswood series. So before I get to today's guest, I want to talk about an exciting event I'm participating in with a romance podcaster that I'm sure you all know and love, Kelly Reynolds, host of Boobies and Newbies. Kelly is going to be a special guest at the live recording of the podcast My Worst Date here in Los Angeles and on streaming um, Friday, October 28th at 7.30. And she's going to be doing an episode of Boobies and Newbies to open the show. And yours truly, i.e. me, um, is going to be the guest. So I am the guest of the guest. And listen, in my life, in my social experience, I have been the guest of a guest before, like at, you know, parties or like rehearsal dinners or whatever. But this time I actually got invited and it feels so special. I love my worst date and I love Kelly and I am so excited to be participating. You can find more information at tstlpodcast.com. So my guest today, the guest today is Tori from the Ready to be Petty podcast, which dives into the ins and outs of pop culture, celebrity scandals, and the juiciest reality TV and more. 
Here's the thing, though. You would think that a host of a podcast called Ready to be Petty would be petty, but I found her to be delightful. So please enjoy this review of A Girl Like Her. Tori, um, you're going from petty to being stupid. Welcome <laughs> to the Too Stupid to Live podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, today flew by and are you on the West Coast? I am, yeah. Okay, yeah. I usually record with a lot of East Coast people. I'm also on the West Coast. So usually I'm like recording in the you know, early evening mm-hmm. and tonight it, it's an after art, an after dark episode. Yeah, it's an after dark <laughs> special. I love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you are the host of the Ready to be Petty podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, usually I'm talking about pop culture, reality TV and celebrity gossip. But <laughs> and I've been doing that for about four years. Mm-hmm. But in my spare time, I love to read romance. So uh, through my podcast, I've connected with other romance novel uh, podcasters and been on like a handful of uh, romance novel podcasts. So it's been, yeah, a new fascination of mine. And it's nice to talk about it with someone. I feel like romance is the type of genre that you want to talk about it with. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like that's why like podcasts are so popular. And then like, I feel like if you're like, if you see a stranger and you both like, and you find out you read romances, you've made a new best friend. Like, it's not Absolutely. just like, oh, I'm into that too. Bye. It's like, you'll talk for three hours. Totally. 100%. And it's such a a big genre that I don't know, but you can always just find something that you like both read or mm-hmm. or whatever, and yeah, connect over that. But some of it is so silly. Obviously, that's what you cover a lot of, like right. the, mm-hmm. the like almost horrific parts of romance novels. <laughs> but like, yeah, like some of it's so fun and funny and creative and thoughtful that yeah, it's it's just fun to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. So back to like celebrity gossip and stuff. What are you into right now? Like what are the shows? Mm. What are, What's the big I mean, we are recording the day after the Emmys. I don't know if the yeah. Emmy Awards um, are uh, hot, juicy topics or not. <laughs> I sound like I cannot believe how I sounded just now. <laughs> I hated myself just now. No, but like literally, I feel like a lot of pop culture like commentary is very like millennial very of the like like i love heather mcdonald's like juicy juicy scoop and like sometimes like the view and stuff or, like the ogs just do it do it best so yes. yeah yeah i feel that sometimes I, I yeah i feel like archaic talking about <laughs> pop culture nowadays because a lot of it yeah um skews towards like gen Z. Mm-hmm. but um yeah what am i watching i'm watching below deck it's a mm-hmm. bravo tv show do you watch it i don't watch it i am a real housewives person oh love that some reason for some reason i i it's rare that i'll watch 
any reality TV show with people who are young and hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I so get that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the times I am almost watching it to make myself feel better. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've been really into Below Deck, specifically the sailing yacht version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's been really good. And then... um. What else have I been watching? Oh, High School Musical, the musical. The oh, is series. that good? I like. No. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will not watch no. it then. <laughs> no, it's just like it has that nostalgic factor mm-hmm. that just I can't get enough of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's kind of I don't know what I've been following. I've been following a lot of the Don't Worry Darling drama. I've been following that for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why it's fascinating me so much. I know. I think it's I think sometimes just almost the you know like the audience response to these stories are more interesting than like what actually happened so I completely agree yeah yeah so I'm kind of honestly more interested in like yeah talking about why we're so interested in it and why we've watched it so closely compared to like when this stuff happens all the time on sets and stuff so oh yeah absolutely yeah so that that's interesting (laughs) yeah I mean it's just like going on Twitter and seeing everyone's like takes on it is just really fun and funny and like and I'm like why do I care so much about this like it's (laughs) I was like over the weekend when or like that weekend when the festival was happening I was like glued it was like I was I was glued to my like Twitter account being on Mm -hmm. Twitter reading all these Mm -hmm. tweets probably to the equivalent of when there's an election and like yes. the equivalent of when Joe Biden won. I was like, let me check Twitter. And you know. literally, <laughs> literally, I think I, I said in my last episode that I was watching it like I was watching the January 6th insurrection. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's so bad. But for some reason I was. And like, I don't even really like I follow the kind of major players in this situation but like I'm not obsessed with Harry or Florence or Olivia or Shia LaBeouf but for some reason it's just grabbed the world's attention yeah I think it it was just I wonder if it was like our state of mind like our collective like state of mind that weekend maybe there wasn't a lot going on we were all bored and we're just like okay here we go folks the biggest conspiracy of 2022 (laughs) honestly and then coupled with the Leah Michelle like um funny, funny girl. girl stuff like it it was really a good weekend <laughs> like, yeah and you know part of me is like it was a good weekend because I actually knew who everyone was and I feel yeah, like <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> we were very exciting <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah sometimes I'm like that too that I like specifically follow a certain podcast that just covers like TikTokers, influencers, and YouTubers. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the know, but like, yeah, I'm definitely on the cusp of like kind of the classic celebrity to like, you know, like very like when Disney Channel was like a peak with like Demi and Selena and Miley and stuff. That's Mm -hmm. like my my niche I would say totally totally (laughs) like I was at the tail end of that like I feel like 
Demi and Miley and um, like Selena Gomez, like even though they're I'm sure they're in like their mid 20s now, but they're like forever in my brain. Like, oh, the 13 year old who stars in her own sitcom, you know, 100 percent. I know. I, know. I, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about your romance reading journey. Like what got you into reading romance? What kind of genre sub genres do you like? Oh, that's a great question. So. Okay, so I was a big reader when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like the classic stuff, Twilight, like like Hunger Games, like all of that. I don't know why I'm embarrassed by that. We're talking about romance. This is about breaking down the stigma of reading romance, but like yeah. sometimes it's like a little embarrassing. You don't, ha- you don't have to be embarrassed in front of me. I've read, yeah. devoured all of those books. And I wasn't even young. I was like in my early 20s. So Yes. You know. Oh, my God. I am like the queen of watching or consuming content that is not like High School Musical, the musical, the series. Like mm-hmm. that's not made for me. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. But I am devouring it as well. Um. So, yeah, I was a big reader and then big young adult um reader that's why I'm like so happy that all of the Jenny Han stuff is being made into movies like Mm -hmm. that was just everything I loved and then when I went to college I really stopped reading I was reading academic stuff so I think that this is a pretty you know classic story but like I basically stopped reading for pleasure and was just reading for school and then you know, I'd read the occasional book um, in my 20s, but didn't really pick it up because I I felt like I was going back to young adult books. And then I'm like, oh, I'm really, really can't engage with these characters and stuff. And then uh, my mom would suggest stuff and, you know, kind of like Reese Witherspoon, Oprah Mm -hmm. Winfrey book club stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is like, not what I'm looking for either I'm really looking for escapism um and yeah especially my my job was really stressful and the world is really stressful so I'm like I just I don't want to read anything too heavy and then um actually Kelly from boobies and newbies podcast Mm -hmm. um just messaged me and was like do you want to come on my pod this is the book you would have to read I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. It was like free on my like Kobo. Mm-hmm. This was two and a half years ago. And I've probably read like 200 books, 250 books since then, mm-hmm. all romance. So it really, yeah, like opened my eyes. I feel like it's the perfect between young adult and I don't know other genre books yeah like I feel like with young adult like you know there are like so many of our favorite young adults like Hunger Games and Twilight they are fantastical you know they are escapist and so what genre is the closest oh romance I mean there's you know there's there's sci-fi and other things but I definitely so many people I think who were read YA you know and maybe still do gravitated towards romance it's sometimes like I'm like oh it's inner I mean I know it's not interchangeable but like whenever I meet someone who's like oh I read YA you know and I'm just like just suddenly we'll talk about romance because it is like a lot of the same readership 100% and like when I think of those books I'm like what did I like about them like it was Edward and Bella 
Katniss and Peeta. Like it was the relationship part. So yeah. yeah. So I definitely, yeah, feel like it is like an easy bridge to make. Mm-hmm. And then subgenres, I'm like really all over the place. Like I will try anything. I kind of went down like a dark romance slash like bully romance uh turn this mm-hmm. summer and I really want to get out of it <laughs> like I just like, <laughs> yeah but like now all of the suggestions I get just like happen to fall kind of in that category mm-hmm. so I'm really like hoping to yeah make a quick pivot out of that but um I will l- literally try anything when I hate men I go paranormal when I want something like kind of more realistic I'll go like college campus romance Mm -hmm. um I love like a billionaire I'll be like oh I I'm so broke I just wanna like (laughs) I just wanna read a billionaire romance like that type of stuff but yeah I I really try try trying that's when you message me and you're like well what book should we pick and I'm like literally anything I loved it (laughs) yeah I I mean because I'm always like okay like because I always wanted to read a Talia Hibbert book and like Mm. I mean I must have read one of their books and and I don't know I like I like it all when you just like have so many books I'm sure like it all jumbles together and like I don't remember titles and authors I'm like yeah I just remember the sex scenes and so yeah literally um, (laughs) so I like found this book and I'm like okay she said anything this book I feel like is like literally the opposite well okay I've never read a bully romance I am very scared to read a bully romance this book seems like the opposite or yeah (laughs) like literally the complete opposite of what I've been reading which was a breath of fresh air let Mm -hmm. me tell you that I don't know the bully romance like it's it's so problematic I feel like sometimes a lot of my I'm like if you look at my goodreads you're not gonna think I'm a feminist like at oh, all yeah 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 <laughs> same yeah like but um yeah it's very it's interesting how much I read stuff that like doesn't necessarily align with like my values or like what I would want in real life I don't mm-hmm. know there needs to be a study done on that, but, but yeah, this was the exact opposite of a bully romance. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is that I think there's a lot of like, you know, um, you know, um, what you read and what you consume and what you like definitely doesn't like, I think there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I do this. I do that. But then I have this like side thing where I'm into this. I'm into that. Doesn't mean I'm not a feminist. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean everyone has that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to contribute to this, but like, I also cannot put this book down. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was actually just thinking about it like with, Oh, I was watching um, on Netflix. There's that show called Do You Want to Build a Sex Room or something. Oh, um, yeah. I was and, thinking about watching that. Yeah, I was, I literally just started it today. And of course, it got me thinking about um, Fifty Shades. And then yes. it got me thinking about like kind of this like, you know, there are people who say that it's problematic. There are people who say, oh, it's empowering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, just just since it came out like things that I've read of like how this is gonna like mess with like you know a young woman's perspective of blah 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 and then I was like well like no one's saying that like watching wrestling is going to encourage everyone to hit each other with chairs you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like Mm -hmm. how like it's a fantasy it's so it's such a sexist 
criticism, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And like, I think it all comes down to like media literacy and, and like the way that it's made, like if it's an author writing something, it's definitely different than like porn where there's like people involved, et cetera. But um, yeah, like media literacy, if you know that that's not real or um, that you don't want that in your life or like whatever that looks like, I think that makes sense. But like I think of like romance novels, like it's like so many of them are like, hairless like hairless women with like tiny vaginas and like all of like big boobs and like stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it's like okay tired of this but like I know in my real life that that's not the case right yeah vaginas all look different and you your body can look different too and like yes so like all of those things I'm like I if you're literate, like, if you have media literacy, like, it's fine. It's when you, like, I feel like, yeah, start to, like, internalize those things that it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it's not like, you know, all of us are entirely immune to, you know, what's mm-hmm. being shown and what we're reading, what we're seeing. But, like, I do think, you know, pointing out one specific genre over the other um, yes. as like, you know, something that that is maybe contributing to something. I'm like, well, let's think about you. I want to think about your reasoning behind this. Like, why are you choosing this genre, not that genre then? You mm-hmm. know, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think we should get into this book because as you said, op- I'm so glad that you it helped you pivot out of this yeah this like this dark hole that I'm in yeah I'm glad it got you out of this dark hole I also wanted to say I'm glad Kelly got you into reading romance so Kelly if you're listening you made this newbie a booby (laughs) yeah 100 percent I I did a live with her like this spring so it was like two years later I was like I hope you know you like created a monster (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my god she should be so proud like she did what every every romance reader writer podcaster anyone is like wants to do so truly 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 I know yeah yeah 100% (laughs) (laughs) so the book that we are reviewing today is called A Girl Like Her by Talia Hibbert which is currently $3.99 so here's a quick synopsis The quirky and adorably nerdy Ruth thinks she's come to terms with being the town outcast, but is she truly living her life to the fullest? Her muscled and tatted new neighbor, Evan, knows the answer, but he's not going to push her, but he is going to satisfy her. At first, it's with his baking skills in the kitchen, but when Ruth is ready to take it to the bedroom, Evan shows her just how well he can really heat things up. (laughs) So good. <laughs> so good. So like coming into this book, you are like, what did you expect this book was going to be about? Like, because I, I, I thought small town romance. And for some reason, I also thought it was like, whenever I think small town romance, I think, okay, it's a New England island. I don't know why. I always yes. that. <laughs> why is it always a New England? Like, I know. This yeah. isn't, though. And I was like, oh, yeah. whoa, they're British. <laughs> I know. As soon as they were like, a kappa, I was like, oh, we're, yeah, we're in England somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think going in, um, well, A, I feel like Talia is having a 
kind of moment like I was at the bookstore a few weeks ago and she was all over like some of her new um newer books were all over the like must read shelves cool yeah so I was like stoked I was like okay cool my first my first Talia Hebert book um and then the cover I was like okay mixed race couple Mm-hmm. So that was the like the first thing I thought about, and then yeah, it it gives very much small town vibes. So yeah, <laughs> so um, and then the first thing is like a content warning. So you do get like kind of a clue of what's going on or why Ruth is um the way that she is, as the synopsis kind of alludes to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, those are my first thoughts. Yeah, same. Um, so. We meet Ruth, and she is just, um, I loved her as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a comic book writer and illustrator, and she just lives in her apartment and is in her pajamas all day, which yeah. sounds like all of us. <laughs> yes, literally. I was like, vibes. Yeah, she was really fun and, like, unapologetic, and this was a unique um storyline like the at least the characters were kind of yeah like not your average romance characters like they Mm -hmm. had unique quirks and um backstories so I liked that part yeah it felt like in a way there was a role reversal here where like I feel like sometimes like male characters are given more leeway to really have their lives be in a hole you know what I mean to really you know isolate themselves and not have things in a good place um and it's I for me in the books that I've read it's rare that you see a female character you know kind of taking on that role of like just isolating yourself and and you know kind of being okay with it and like making you know reasons why you know Mm -hmm. yeah you're totally right like I haven't read many novels that um where this is kind of like their lifestyle but it's realistic like again like I mentioned like when I'm doing like when I'm reading like a bully romance novel usually there's like one character that's like in peril and like they um have things going on but it's like it's because my dad lost our multi-million like dollar <laughs> vineyard and uh-huh. like yeah uh-huh. like now I have to marry this guy or something like that mm-hmm. but this was like realistic like she came out of a abusive relationship or like was actually kind of currently in it yeah and mm-hmm. then um this was like a realistic response to um to like what happened and there mm-hmm. yeah like we talked about how there's so many like sometimes fantasy elements in romance this was just like straight up real life <laughs> yes it was it definitely was and you know um even like with their you know she meets Evan who lives next door um even with like their dialogue the way they talk to each other the way she talks to other people there was a level of groundedness that I again was like very refreshing yeah exactly like the dialogue was super realistic Mm -hmm. um because I think also it was really like sometimes one word sentences like how you how we would talk in real life yeah instead of like yeah really long um sentences that sometimes happen in romance (laughs) novels Mm -hmm. um and 
I think it it would make a really good movie because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was also a, another thing about Ruth was that it was it. She's neurodiverse. And I thought mm-hmm. that was like, again, like we were just talking about, oh, she's in a hole. But at the same time, she is thriving. You know, she is yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. And um, but like and I, and I thought it was I mean, I had just watched again. I'm like talking about Netflix you know I had just watched love on the spectrum I watched a few mm-hmm. episodes of it and you know I don't know how I feel about the show but I felt like okay here's a really good portrayal you know of like yeah people are on the spectrum and they're and we're human beings you know like they're fine <laughs> yeah 100 I actually was like checking some of my biases during this book like when because Ruth is like really straightforward with Evan um, in the like latter half of the book. And I was like, oh, this was kind of like a, a uh, you just, I, I was like, I didn't expect this from Ruth. And I was like, why didn't I expect that from like a neurodiverse person? Like they can have super fulfilling, super hot romance, sex, all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was definitely like checking, you know, some of those biases and like stereotypes that we have about neurodivergency oh yeah same here absolutely and it was just like yeah again like just seeing seeing her like thrive and enjoy sex like yeah totally yeah um I really like so you know Ruth is another thing about Ruth is that um she has been ostracized from the entire town of the entire small town of Ravenswood because she was well, basically, the main thing is that everyone thinks she's a whore. Um, she was seeing, like, the richest boy in the thing, in the town. Um, he was terrible. Um, th- shit happened. Shit happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I.e., her sister, after he after she found out that, like, he was terrible, he she trashed his car. And mm-hmm. then from there, that family, they were just the pariahs of the town. Um, and Ruth is labeled a Jezebel, even though she's not, but Mm -hmm. she kind of labels herself as a Jezebel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. So, so that was like the kind of, I guess, like some of the plot twists part of the book. Like, so Evan meets Ruth and she's like, I'm the, the town Jezebel. And then they're like talking and he's like, but you like, don't leave your house. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you're like very shy. And like all this stuff. He's like, are you sure that like you're the town Jezebel? And then you find out that since like high school, she's been connected with. Yeah. Like the uh, son of the, of the, like the man that runs the small town. Right. Yeah. The richest, uh, yeah. yeah, Richest, like business owner, Mm -hmm. influential man. And, um, you think that she destroyed, um, his car and, and you find out that, yeah, it was Hannah, but, um, yeah, it's really interesting because I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, why is she describing herself as that? And then she talks about like, after, I kind of like ended this relationship with Daniel. I did go out and sleep with a bunch of people because that's like what I thought would, you know, heal me. And again, super relatable Mm -hmm. content. And yeah, it's also just really nice. I feel like that when like this book, it was like, and that is, it is part of the charm is that like the, the male main character is like, 
you know, such a sweetheart teddy mm-hmm. bear kind of yeah. character. But like, um, yeah, received all of that, like no judgment and was like, oh, yeah, that's super normal. And like and then mm-hmm. just like moved on. Totally. Yeah. And that kind of got me back to the role reversal thing because it was mm-hmm. like, OK, if it were switched and like the guy had the same reputation that, you know, um, Ruth had. And Mm -hmm. the woman was non-judgmental, you know, like it it would kind of be like, well, yeah, that's that's normal, you know. And so like, oh, yeah, it it was interesting to kind of, I don't know, just see that reversal, you know, and yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, I feel like a lot of times, usually maybe because it's women writing women care as the main characters this was like dual perspective but mm-hmm. like um yeah it was it was nice to just have like an uncomplicated male character <laughs> like yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like him as a character yeah yeah totally yeah so did I because well you see him also interacting with like his colleagues and stuff so you can see you know his behavior outside of just interacting with Ruth and like that's what I kind of liked best almost (laughs) oh my god same here because like I even wrote down like oh he has such a healthy there's a healthy portrayal of male friendship and eventually when Ruth kind of finds the courage to kind of you know get back out in society she reignites these healthy relationships with her sister and her friends um but especially with like Evan and Zach, you know, mm-hmm. he um, granted, like, I, I think like maybe Evan was helping out as so because he was like, hel- he's helping out Zach because his mom was is was diagnosed with cancer um, and Evan lost his mom to cancer. So he kind of feels like a level of compulsion to like make them food and come over and just like be really worried about it. Um, and so but regardless, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't this like compulsive behavior. Like he did establish like a very, very healthy relationship with Zach and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to see, yeah, male friendships portrayed that way. And okay, I didn't look ahead because I didn't want to like spoil myself, but is the next book in the Ravenswood series, is it with Hannah and Zach? No, I read the next chapter. Um, it's with Hannah, but you know how they mentioned that like Zach has an older brother with two kids who's coming to visit? Yeah, like it's, randomly. Yeah, like. it's, with Hannah, it's with Hannah and the random um, brother. Brother? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Love that. I that Kate, that's another thing that I love about romance that you don't see often in other genres is the like multiverses <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it yeah. really is like you know it's nice to like it, it's almost like a nice to like check in I'm like oh okay good I'm glad they're doing well anyway back to the story that I'm reading this book for <laughs> totally know, nice. totally yeah it's nice that because how many times have you finished a book and you're like oh I just I want to check in with these people down the road and mm-hmm. Most of the time you can't. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was just like one sentence or it was like they were thinking about someone else of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like Derek, he was a good dude. I'm so glad he's with like whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. good. I'm glad we checked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like the characters go for coffee and now with now there's a kid and mm-hmm. yeah. And then we move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like an Easter egg. I guess it is an Easter egg. I don't know what Easter eggs are, but you know, how people yeah yeah not an easter egg but 
but kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's a romance yeah. Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Evan, you know, is this is he's a great book boyfriend. He's a great boyfriend. Um. He, you know, meets Ruth and and kind of there's you know an attraction. Um. And he sees that like oh she's very isolated but very you know fun and smart and cute. Um. And he is like notices that she doesn't have a kitchen and Mm -hmm. he decides to make dinner make dinners for her she ended up getting rid of her kitchen because she accidentally started a fire or just like her stove I mean she has a kitchen like she has a refrigerator and stuff (laughs) yeah 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 it was interesting yeah so some of her traits are clumsiness that Mm -hmm. we see throughout the book um I was just thinking that's really tough to live like that. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it. I'm also scared of fires. So if I, like, had a big fire, I would probably do the same. Oh, yeah. Like, if I – absolutely. Like, I lived in a bachelor apartment for a while where there's, like, there's, like, a microwave and a and a refrigerator and you get, like, a hot pan or hot plate or something. And it's, like, okay, yeah, it is doable. But, like, I completely understand, like, you know, being – having something happen – that you know could have really hurt people and killed you and killed that like absolutely I would like be like get this out I I can't trust myself near this <laughs> yeah yeah and hers is um like extreme clumsiness like I more than you would picture in your mm-hmm. life so I understand that yeah yeah but luckily Evan's a pretty good cook he makes a lot of like casseroles and <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like this is like I feel like British like British cuisine like just very um carb heavy like mm-hmm. it's all comfort food it was all comfort, comfort food. food yeah for like the cold weather whatever mm-hmm. it was just very um comforting yeah it was kind of but like that also kind of added to the like ambiance of the small town yeah eating a a plate of bolognese yeah (laughs) yeah it's always like well I made extra I made a lot extra that's what you do in a small town you give it to your neighbors you know 100 (laughs) percent yeah and what a good meat cute oh so cute with meat in it I feel like (laughs) totally (laughs) what okay so what like is your fave like what would be your ideal meal for Evan to bring over that mm. he would make like what's your favorite like not like I guess it could be a casserole based dish but like what like Evan comes over with your favorite meal what is it I know I was like what could that be for some reason I was like I feel like you would make like a good tomato soup and grilled cheese yes <laughs> like- I was thinking mac and cheese which is yes. kind of the same <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, he's like a soup and sandwich kind of guy. And it seems like all of the things he was making, it was like, these are the skills you need. And I'll just make every iteration of that <laughs> meal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was cute. It was super cute. It was very cute. Um, So they end up getting closer and he's at first like Ruth is like very I mean understandably hesitant to kind of be open with Evan about like her past and and what happened with Daniel yeah yeah so 
we like Evan doesn't know. So they Evan and Ruth bump into Daniel um, in public Mm -hmm. the first time that they meet. And Daniel says like a really rude comment to Ruth. So Evan kind of knows that there's some type of like history, history Mm -hmm. between them. And I think he just kind of assumes like small town. They went to high school together. They didn't get along or whatever that was. So he kind of drops it. um, And then he does find out later. um, He puts all the clues together and finds out that it's him um, because of Daniel's insistence that he doesn't hang out with her. Um, But yeah, I... I um it, it it makes sense of why she would be nervous not only to expand her like friendships because it seems like she's burnt not burnt bridges but lost touch with or or purposely isolated herself from her friends and her mom and her sister but um yeah it makes sense that she is like what are the intentions of Evan like He's super hot. He has tattoos. He's, like, super muscly. Like, what could he possibly, like, want to do, like, hanging out with me? Totally. She even has, like, a, a, you know, a line in it. Or, I mean, like, where she thinks herself that she's, like, there must be something wrong with him. Like, what is wrong with him to be in with me, to be into me? Like, not once does she, like, not that this is anything, but, like, she does point out she's only been in her pajamas in front of him like Mm -hmm. she's always like kind of you know I feel like you know a lot of us when we go out we feel the need to like put on our best clothes and put on Mm -hmm. makeup and blah 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 and she's just like I can't um Mm -hmm. and yet he still likes me what is wrong with this picture even though it's like what is right with this picture (laughs) totally it was so relatable of like a her like inner critic of Mm -hmm. like I don't deserve someone like Evan hanging out with me. I feel like everyone's, you know, had that thought. And then, yeah, like the pajamas thing is, it's so funny. It's not the type of pajamas you usually see in romance novels. No, it's not like silky. It's like Captain America fun. Yeah, like flannel pajamas. But, um... I'm like, that's the best way to build a relationship is when you are your like most authentic self or your most neurotic self or mm-hmm. your, your, because that is the real you. And then when they see you when you're at your best in your dress or whatever, out and about, like that's like the bonus. But mm-hmm. the, the everyday is like what, how you really want to like build, like that's the foundational part. So absolutely. Like, and that was the romance in this, you know, yeah. like it wasn't the billionaire taking her to a ball or like, you know, it wasn't, you know, this like grandiose thing. Like the romance was like, uh, uh, Hey, you're still in your pajamas. Like here's yeah. the casserole. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah. I want him as my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, he had a really good sense of humor too. Like when they do go out and she puts on like clothes that you would wear outside. Mm-hmm. Um, He was like, she's like, what? And he's like, this is the most like, um, elbow and uh, like ankle I've seen of you yes. on you and mm-hmm. he was like I've seen 
like copious amounts of forearm or something and I was like this is so funny and so cute Mm -hmm. yeah and like there was also a line in it that made me laugh like um Ruth has like very much like is very self-aware and so when she's like realizing like oh she's into Evan she's like well maybe next time I'll wear a nicer pair of pajamas (laughs) like this is hilarious I love her so much (laughs) yes like when um her friend, I can't remember her name. Me neither. Because um, she was just in like one or two brief scenes. Yeah. She's probably Ravenswood 3. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was like, okay, you're not like down to chat online. And then she comes over and she's like, you're wearing like, like you've done your hair and you're wearing like the tiniest bit of lip balm. And she's like, this is like, earth shattering so it was really funny yeah absolutely and it's like I I totally understand where Ruth's coming from because like I I think for me I tend to isolate or like I have done that and it was very relatable and you she's just doing the best she can mm-hmm. oh it was all super relatable like I yeah I really get that like the like like, I totally get the self-isolation and sometimes you like I feel like with her sometimes you do it for so long that you don't realize that it's like I don't want to say abnormal but like maybe not your yeah you get comfortable in Mm -hmm. um kind of her routine like she was like well I go out Sundays why would I go out any other day or like things like that where and then Evan's like well you know people usually go out on Fridays and stuff like sometimes you just are like that for so long that you kind of forget the other way yeah absolutely like you know it's so funny she like later has this realization you know she is you know closing herself off and then she has like a very funny realization and she's like oh you know like things are a lot easier when you just like say what's on your mind and say whatever and today I was like trying to find um I was trying to find out like someone's last name for this thing I was working on and I was like googling and researching and on Facebook couldn't find it and then I was like oh I should just email them isn't that funny yeah (laughs) 100% so many times you can like overcomplicate things And I've also noticed, like, I work remotely, like, for, like, the past, like, two and a half years. And so sometimes I feel like Ruth Ruth kind of, like, a shut-in. Yeah. And then – and you do quickly forget to, like, oh, I could just ask my colleague this. Or, like, Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to just – like, that's what I would have done if I was in the office, just walk down the hall. And, yeah, you just get into a certain type of routine and then – yeah, you yeah your brain your brain develops these habits mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden they're like it's like breathing and you're like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Ruth is very self-aware of her situation and she almost like makes fun of herself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um it was kind of refreshing of how she wasn't there were certain parts that she was down about herself, but like she wasn't necessarily like embarrassed of like like I feel like a lot of things around like mental health and like yeah like is the shame around yeah like wearing pajamas like I only have the capacity to wear pajamas and to not wear makeup and to not go out and I feel like there's can be so much shame in that and she didn't necessarily have that like she definitely had in the romance department like I think 
very, um, like, uh, not, I don't want to say standard, but like very common, um, universal thoughts about like, does my, is my partner like better than me or will they change their mind about me or I don't deserve a, a partner like this or they couldn't look at me this way possibly or whatever. But yeah, she doesn't seem, yeah, like she, she had some kind of self deprecating humor and stuff and yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. I agree. Um, what did you think about like her relationship with her sister, Hannah? Cause like, at first, you know, it was like, oh, God, is Hannah like you know, I didn't I mean this in a good like, oh, what a good universe way. Like, oh, God, is Hannah the one who's like going to be constantly on her ass, to, like get dressed, do this, do that. Yeah. And then there's this reveal that Hannah is very flawed and has anger issues. And like, you know, I and I fucking loved that reveal. Again, the side characters are so great. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, she was really interesting to me because. I, yeah, I was at first curious of why they didn't have a good relationship per se, because, um, yeah, it seems like obviously they were like close in the past. So I was like confused. And then we find out it's because she knew what was happening and Ruth used to tell her more stuff. And then like she did like the car incident happened so she um smashes the like windshield of daniel's car and then gets arrested and then like ruth feels so bad and and that she got in like trouble that like that la like that will last or stay with you for for a long time yeah so she was yeah she felt I don't know, maybe like not a burden, but just kind of like she put her sister in like a a situation where she got in trouble. Yeah. And she like kind of, you know, made it seem like if like someone in the town said, um, oh, actually, you know, Ruth, you you were the one who who, you know, beat that who like broke the car or whatever. She would just say, yes, it was me. Like she would never like like correct them or anything and I think because she wanted to like take the take the heat a little bit or you know to really take the heat there um yeah her sister really did fuck up her life like I feel like she always wanted to be a teacher or you know mm. work with kids and mm -hmm. because of this criminal record she can't do that anymore um I imagine in the second book when she meets um Zach's brother with kids it's not gonna work out <laughs> yeah. but that's like it was such a wonderful reveal because you think this one character is going to be perfect, 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 great job, great skin, great hair, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, you're you're kind of in an even worse place in a way. Like, yeah. you're not living your dream. <laughs> 100%. Like, that is, I feel like, also kind of stereotypical of romance. Like, the the black sheep of the family and then the, the perfect child that... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like the older sister that's perfect or whatever and that they're always striving to like look up to and or become. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were, yeah, equally, had equally complicated lives. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, it definitely like just added so much to this world and their family and like, and it kind of like, it was like, I was, 
I am so interested in this family. I don't care about any of the hot guys. Like, I mean, I do care, but like, just give them all hot guys, but I want to see them re- resolve their issues. <laughs> you know totally, what I mean? Totally. <laughs> that was another thing I really liked about this book is that it was interesting backstory. Sometimes a lot of times in romance, I'm like, okay, let's get to the sex. Like this backstory is like, not interesting yeah. at mm-hmm. all and this one I was actually like just as interested um as the romance parts totally because I thought this book was and we'll get to this we got to talk about sex but like I did mm-hmm. think like a lot of this book was like there's this theme of healing in it you know like she was like healing from the the wounds of your your past and for mm-hmm. some reason like that plot line, as much as I loved the romance, because I'm whatever, I love romance, but like mm-hmm. I, that plot line, like really, like just stood out to me and affected me maybe even more in a book like this mm-hmm. than maybe the romance. Because I knew yeah. they would be together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like it, that wasn't a question. That was like another thing is it wasn't a question that they weren't going to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, there wasn't like a, a point where like they had some, um arguments and stuff but there wasn't like that big thing that hinged on them being together yeah mm-hmm. which is interesting but yeah it really it is like feel good in that sense that like um even after a shitty relationship like you can find a super healthy relationship mm-hmm. and yeah, that's just nice to see. Yeah. And just like seeing how it can like, you know, having that healthy, like, you know, some like healthy aspect of your life and seeing it like kind of bleed into other aspects. Like I thought like a really brave, triumphant moment for her, for her character and her journey was going back to the library and signing up to be a volunteer again, which she had recently, which she had done and missed it and didn't do it anymore because she was isolating herself. But like coming back, like, to me, that was, like, braver than, like, climbing up a mountain of fire, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And you're right. Like, that stuff does bleed into your other your other relationships. And, like, it, I think, kind of forced her to make amends with Hannah. And mm-hmm. you're right. Like, she went out that Friday night. She signed up for her volunteering. Like, that oh, is what you want. Oh, she texted a yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, like, she, like, it that's what you want a relationship to be is it like is to pushing pushing you to you know your best self and stuff so exactly yeah and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so yeah yeah okay well I think we got to pivot to these sex scenes mm-hmm. um I feel like for me there were two like fun headline sex scenes that stood out that I liked one where they they're almost having sex and she falls into a sink and then two, oh, yeah, yeah. That was really <laughs> they have funny. they have an orgasm contest in the shower. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I had like never read anything like that. I'm like, this is so fun. Me neither. And I yeah. was like, that's why I was like, oh, this is a headline. Well, both of them are headlines, but I was like, okay, falling into the sink is so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. So that was um like the second time I think that they had kissed because he had like kissed her neck. And she, like, froze. Yeah. And then the second time, I believe, he picks her up, puts her on the sink while she's washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. Then the doorbell rings, and she's, you know, on that s- yeah. s- little yeah. ledge yeah. before the sink. And, like, 
She's in her pajama pants that are mm-hmm. cotton. So, yeah. Like, and there's like dishes, I'm assuming. You yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> she falls in. Yeah. It's it was so just good. a funny, funny visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so then, you know, like they put their guards down. They're having sex. What did you think about like the heat and the, the sex in general in this book? Well, definitely. So I noted that I think you wait till like chapter 22. Yeah. Out mm-hmm. of like 34 or something like that mm-hmm. to get to the. And then it's like pretty regularly throughout the latter half. But to me, like, I don't know what actually the definition of slow burn is, but like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but like that seems to me like a slow burn when it's in like the last third of the book yeah yeah so um yeah you definitely wait a while before they hook up the in terms of like the heat I I was super surprised at how good the sex scenes were written yeah not that I didn't think that they were going to be written well but um it's such a tonal shift from like super sweet casserole um let's I bought you a comic book Mm -hmm. type of relationship so it was just a such a tonal shift that I was I think surprised yeah it was like I it was like you know she had a feist like a sexy feisty side and he has a sexy feisty side and it was just like very like there was one moment where like she they were just like in the car and she's like you want to fuck and like and it was like again like they're just like well that's what they're gonna do and yeah I get like you know there was just like this like raunchiness if that's the right term, yes yeah you know? yeah yeah totally and again so realistic because I feel like I say that I've said this a thousand times but in other romance novels that I've read it's like the couple is like sexy all the time yeah or mm-hmm. like their whole relationship is like banter around sex and this was really normal and relatable because you are going to have those sweet tender moments with a partner and those sexy raunchy erotic moments like it just that's real life so yeah yeah and it's funny like I feel like there's a lot of times where when I read a romance I'm like oh more sex I wish there were more sex but in this book I'm like oh I wish I was like there for one night when he comes over for dinner and they're talking about comic books. Like, I wish there was yeah, like a scene yeah. like that, even though yeah. like we know that there's some there, but like, you know, they do, even though this is a slow burn, they do form a connection pretty quickly. And yes, yeah. I a hundred percent believed it. Cause he was at her house every night and they were like connecting and eating dinner and talking comics. And it's like, ah, uh, I want to see what that's like. I'm just totally for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that was, like, a lot was, like, off page. Like, it would go to the next chapter, so we didn't get to see tons of their, like, in-depth, like, conversations, which I felt kept the book moving, mm-hmm. like, at a really good pace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Like, their conversations, like, yeah, you want to be a fly on the wall for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, th- that's what I also loved about it. it was paced real well. I was able to read it in a day, which I mm-hmm. never do. Um, so in the end, you know, I guess Daniel gets his comeuppance. Um, first, it's like <laughs> through Daniel's dad where like 
you know, first of all, Daniel's a stalker and like he should be in jail. Like he should be in jail. Like, right? Like that guy, he's terrible. <laughs> 100%. Like once you start to hear the extent of Daniel's behavior, like this isn't like a scorned ex. This is obsession. Yes, yeah. obsession mm-hmm. and like um, very um, like textbook criminal stuff yeah psychopath yeah psychopath stuff 100 percent and um yeah you see um kind of her thoughts in like that were italicized like throughout the book Mm -hmm. and then um you get the like reveal with like the flowers and stuff but um dark elements that yeah of the book that like it was kind of underscore it yeah, yeah yeah like it was like like it was to the point where it's like does no one else in the town see this like why is the town taking daniel's side he's clearly a psychopath like yeah yeah i mean obviously you never know what's behind closed doors with people and maybe he presents himself in the town like as a as a better person but um it was it's astounding because eventually you know the, his dad who's the king of the town or whatever like comes to her and she tells she tells him the truth and like about how Daniel really is and kind of gets the dad on her side and then she's able to like tell him off in that bar which again was a very triumphant moment yeah 100% and I also really liked how, not quickly, but how, I can't remember the father's name. Me neither. Yeah. But it's Burn something. Yeah. His last <laughs> name, Mr. Mr. Burn. Yes. Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, after a while, he was like, oh, yeah, my son is a piece of shit and like did do all of this and um, kind of changed his tune, which was also refreshing. Um, but yeah, it that maybe is like a little bit of a plot hole. And may, actually, well, maybe... Maybe not because of misogyny, but it's like <laughs> if somebody like bra- smashes your windshield at your party where you're getting engaged to someone, like people may want to think like, oh, maybe he did something wrong and yes. he's a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Because like I feel like when you see when you see like that done like when you see that kind of thing done in like a movie you're like yeah get him blah 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 but then in this book you kind of like see the consequences of it yeah. but then it's like well okay like I get like why didn't like wasn't what was the investigation into this like someone mm-hmm. obviously was triggered to do this like what's the deeper thing and mm-hmm. obviously that never got investigated yeah and, you know, like still the king of the you know prince of the town and like, yes because otherwise they would be like oh he has been harassing this this person for like a decade or whatever it was mm-hmm. yeah. that was another thing I didn't quite get um how old were they? Because they started dating in secret in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were, I thought that they were like mid 20s. Um, yeah. Okay. That's so kind of the, what I grasp. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 10 years of abuse mm-hmm. and um, no one really looked into it. Yeah. And like his dad, again, like, and his dad doesn't, re- isn't like, you're right. Like it took him, took 10 years. Like, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it was weird. But then again, like at the same time, like, this family does own the town. Like, like Daniel is Evan's boss, you know? So that puts him in, like, a very precarious situation. Um, obviously, there's a point where he punches Daniel in the face. Mm-hmm. So much fun. 
Mm-hmm. So much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, loved loved that. For me, it was like a little like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't think I'm a cinnamon roll um, romance reader mm-hmm. per se. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was fun. Totally, totally a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about their HEA, their happily ever after. Um, mm-hmm. The epilogue cuts to five years later. Um, they're cute as hell, quirky as hell. She's pregnant. Um, and it's and like there's just a really nice sex scene. I thought that was the hottest sex scene in the book. <laughs> yeah, I did too. That's so funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're like, she's hornier than ever in her pregnancy, but they like allude to having like a really great sex life in the mm-hmm. past five years. And yeah, love a good epilogue. Yeah, it was great. A prologue, like, epilogue, a- epilogue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I thought it was great because it was like they, I thought this epilogue like it was five years from now and yet they still like okay it's like oh they still have the same chemistry you know mm-hmm. like they still they still talk to each other in the same way you know like nothing yeah. is like which I assume that's probably a lot of relationships but like I just like really <laughs> felt it in this way more than <laughs> yeah one hundred percent yeah it seemed like it was a nice glimpse into their life and it seemed like they um still are in those roles of Evan being a really like giving not that Ruth's not giving but mm-hmm. like a really um yeah kind supportive partner and yeah 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 and like a stable a stable influence I guess is that the right term I have no idea yeah yeah <laughs> I would say cool um okay so I want to ask for your final thoughts on a rating so with the rating um so Ruth's apartment, Ruth is a comic book writer. She loves comic books. Um, her apartment is filled with stacks and stacks of comic books. So you're going to rate on how many stacks of comic books. One out of five stacks of comic books means you didn't like it. Five out of five stacks of comic books means you loved it. Um, mm-hmm. So there you go. Thoughts and, <laughs> thoughts and rating. <laughs> I love that. I know it was also great visuals of mm-hmm. like their apartments and stuff that I yeah. really liked. Um, I honestly give it like a four to five comic book stacks. It mm-hmm. was super uh, well paced, really easy read, great character development. Wasn't the typical, um, you know, story um, mm-hmm. and really grounded. And maybe just because I've been reading a lot of fantasy and paranormal and stuff like that that it seems just extremely grounded in real life yes (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that was Mm -hmm. really nice it was um relatable and um and yeah like you're just like oh I could see myself either in these characters or my friends or family or whatever in these characters and it was a good mix of banter flirty banter and good sex. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I I give it five out of five stacks of comics, um, mainly for the banter. I thought that like the sex was you know it was hot and, and great, but like for me it was like the rest of the book and not the sex. I yeah, was like yeah. way more fascinated by and like and I saw myself in her like like we said and um, I just uh, 
love the blunt way that they talk to each other. It was like, mm-hmm. I could read more conversations and, and read less sex, which is very rare. So um, rare. As a human being, that is myself. Um, yes. So, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's why I think it'd be such a good movie. Yeah. Because the dialogue yeah. was was really good. It was great. Yeah, I definitely see it. Like, Or if this is like, you know, have you seen Virgin River on Netflix? Like, you know, like, I feel like this could be like a good version of <laughs> Yeah, like a Hallmarkish like a Hallmark-ish video. With like fun, like realistic characters, good dialogue, a little raunchy, yeah. you know. Yeah. It is kind of Hallmark-esque of with like the casseroles and the small town and the ma- like the mm-hmm. the one business that holds all the power in the right, town. Right, yeah. And, and they all know each other. There's one bar. There's one yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very, very Hallmark, but in like a 2022 contemporary way. Yeah. It's like, I want to see a Hallmark show with the word, with the word and the action. Fuck. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I want a Hallmark show with fucking. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Oh, well, Tori, thank you so much for being a guest. Um, Can you tell us where we can find you and your podcast? Yes, you can listen to Ready to be Petty on all podcast platforms. And my social handle is at RTBP podcast. Cool. Well, thank you again. Thanks for having me. Too Stupid to Live is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more podcasts you'll love, visit frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.